Hi there, this is Taylor checking in with some conservation news from the past couple weeks for Pelicanus and Intentional Ecology. Working in the environmental field is an experience of some very high highs and some low lows. As always, there are horrendous environmental stories that deserve our attention, action, and mobilization, but it is our opinion that you can find those headlines in many places. But there are also empowering and inspiring stories that demonstrate major conservation successes from around the globe, achieved by real people who have grouped together to create a better planet. We've been collecting these stories and messages every week for years, and I'm still surprised at how resilient and creative both nature and humans are when facing big challenges. We've got a handful of headlines for today's Pelicanus News. I've categorized them into politics, carbon neutrality, and wildlife. These stories are truly incredible and also reminders to me that conservation can actually work. All right, in the first category, politics. Uh, this one's coming from courthousenews.com. Biden reverses Trump-era gutting of migratory bird protections. The Biden administration voided a Trump-era legal opinion regarding migratory birds and protections that have been in place for over a century. The law protects more than 1,000 bird species, including falcons and songbirds. Game species like turkeys are not protected, nor are invasive species of birds like flamingos. Human activities, including industrial operations, kill approximately 1.4 billion birds annually, according to recent studies and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. The common house cat, though, remains the most voracious enemy to the North American bird, estimated to kill 2 billion birds a year. The Department of Interior reversed the legal interpretation by its former top lawyer, Daniel Giorgiani, in 2017 that parties could not be held responsible for the accidental deaths of birds, even in deaths related to a chemical spill, oil and gas operations, power lines, or wind turbines. The Trump administration argued that the Migratory Bird Treaty Act, passed in 1918, was meant to cover the intentional hunting of migratory birds and was not intended to hold industry and private actors responsible for unintentional deaths. The new administration decision agrees with critics of this legal interpretation and says that it failed to incorporate decades of legal precedent and would remove incentives for resource extraction industries to update their facilities to ward off accidental deaths. So that is great news. Uh, second one is coming out of WashingtonPost.com. The Senate confirms Michael Regan to lead the EPA. The Senate has confirmed Michael Regan as the next Environmental Protection Agency Administrator, a role that lies at the heart of President Biden's promises to cut the nation's greenhouse gas emissions and help poor and minority communities that have long borne the brunt of pollution. In an era defined by partisan divides, Regan won confirmation by a comfortable margin of 66 to 34. He will be the first black man to lead the EPA in its half century of existence. The agency's first African-American chief was Lisa Jackson, who held the role for four years under President Barack Obama. He is immensely qualified for this position, not only in qualifications, but in his demeanor, Senator Richard Burr said on the Senate floor before voting for Regan. Too often we overlook whether a nominee has the right character to lead an organization. 
In this case, there's no question that Michael Regan has that character. Bird later added, Michael Regan is a good man. He's the right man to lead the Environmental Protection Agency. Regan, who won widespread support among environmental groups, also pledged to focus on two of Biden's stated priorities, strengthening marginalized communities and moving with a sense of urgency to combat climate change. The next one's out of theguardian.com. Queensland passes laws banning killer single-use plastics. Queensland has become the second Australian state to pass laws banning single-use plastics, including straws and cutlery that are blighting the state's waterways and beaches and endangering wildlife. Environmental groups congratulated the Queensland government after it passed legislation that will ban single-use plastic items, including polystyrene food containers and cups, from the 1st of September. South Australia was the first state to introduce a ban on single-use plastics in September, with a similar list of items banned. Last week, the federal government launched a national plastics plan that includes a phase-out by 2022 of expanded polystyrene packaging and food containers. Queensland ban covers single-use plastic straws, stirs, cutlery, and plates, and polystyrene food containers and cups. Love to see that and can't wait to see it expanded. Second category here, this first one is out of the WashingtonPost.com. More than 50 companies have vowed to be carbon neutral by 2040. Amazon, Walmart, General Motors, and now FedEx are quickening the rhythm of corporations with big carbon footprints pledging action to combat climate change. And their cascade of splashy announcements spans the worlds of retailing technology and delivery services. FedEx promised to be carbon neutral by 2040, 10 years faster than the timeline laid out by the Paris Climate Accord. The company pledged an initial investment of $2 billion to start electrifying its massive fleet of more than 180,000 vehicles and $100 million for a new Yale Center for Natural Carbon Capture. The giant delivery company joins more than 50 other major corporations that also aim to be carbon neutral by 2040 in an effort to curb climate change by tackling their own contributions to it. Some of the companies promising to meet that goal have signed up on to have signed up to an, an initiative called the Climate Pledge, co-founded by Jeff Bezos, who owns Washington Post. Uh, those companies include IBM, Microsoft, Unilever, Johnson Controls, Coca-Cola, Uber, and Best Buy. Next article here is from NRDC.org. Honolulu charts a path away from fossil fuels. As part of the American Cities Climate Challenge, a coalition of climate advocates just helped pass a series of bills that will curb emissions and rein in Honolulu's sky-high cost of living at once. Since 2019, Honolulu has been one of 25 cities participating in the American Cities Climate Challenge, a partnership between Bloom Bloomberg Philanthropies, uh, NRDC, which stands for National Resource Defense Council, Delivery Associates, and several other organizations. The Climate Challenge is a program to spur city-led climate action within the building, energy, and transportation sectors. Last year, Honolulu's Climate Challenge team helped move the needle forward to pass a series of bills that will ease the city's transition to cleaner, more equitable energy sources. 
In 2015, the state became the first in the nation to set the goal of 100% renewable energy by 2045. Stakeholders kept us honest about what it takes to really reduce emissions and what the most effective ways are to do that in buildings and energy, transportation and waste management, which are the biggest slices of our greenhouse gas inventory pie, says Matthew Gonzer, Honolulu's new chief resilience officer. Love to see that Honolulu is taking that step. All right, last category here. This one is from uh, <laughs> I fucking love science. Uh, good times in the Galapagos as island welcomes 36 endangered giant tortoises. After growing up in the safe haven of responsible captivity, a group of 36 endangered giant tortoises are finally graduating to their ancestral homeland, the Galapagos Islands. Also known as San Cristobal tortoises, they were set loose to run free within the Galapagos National Park, which sits on the northeastern side of San Cristobal. There were once 15 species of giant tortoises endemic to the Galapagos Islands, but when the region was colonized in the late 1800s, the whalers and pirates ate them and then also brought with them a cast of invasive pets that outcompeted the tortoises for food and ate their hatchlings. Their numbers plummeted and several species were lost. With the support of conservationists, there is now an estimated population of 6,700 giant tortoises roaming free on the Galapagos. The comparatively newborn bunch are between 6 and 8 years old and weigh just 5 kilograms, with hopes they'll one day grow to a hefty 250 kilograms as adults. Last one here, and this is one of my favorites. Uh, this is coming from biologicaldiversity.org. Mexican gray wolf numbers rose to 186 in 2020. The U.S. population of endangered Mexican gray wolves grew by 23 animals from 163 in 2019 to 186 in 2020, according to a legal filing by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. The March 10th filing is part of the agency's request for an extension of time to rewrite its 2015 Mexican wolf management rule, which the U.S. District Court in Arizona struck down in 2018. It's gratifying that more Mexican wolves are roaming this little corner of the Southwest, said Michael Robinson of the Center for Biological Diversity. But even as wolf howls echo in a few more canyons than before, this population is still vulnerable and needs more stringent protections and more effective releases from captivity to the wild. The increase of 23 wolves reflects uh, population growth. Last spring, 20 captive born wolf pups were released into the wild to be raised by unrelated wolves to introduce genes from more diverse captive population into the wild population. At the same time, 34 wolves are known to have died in the wild in 2020. The service acknowledges that wolf releases from captivity and limiting mortality are necessary to increase the Mexican wolf's genetic diversity. The 27% rate of wolf losses in 2020 does exceed the service's intended cap of 25% losses. So they're trying to make progress in that as well. All right, everybody, I hope these stories bring some optimism and lightness to your month, and I look forward to sharing more in the future.